Hello and welcome to the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. At other times, I'm known as a guest on all the other shows somehow on this network. But thank you guys so much for joining us. This show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code of PHNX and simply for betting $1 on any NFL team to win uh, or score any points, you will get $100 in free bets should those teams do that and score those points. Of course, I am joined by my friend, my co-host, my vice mayor. It's the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. We are locked out, Derek. <laughs> locked out in the cold. Uh, we're staring inside. We're trying to get get an idea of what's going inside. But it's like when you've been locked out and somehow they've miraculously covered up every window in the house with a curtain. Every backup plan has been thought of for the time being for us to get any kind of little nugget of information in regards to where we're at on on these proceedings and they even put the little doggy door thing in we can't even sneak <laughs> in through the doggy door a little metal little metal plate has been put in so uh but you know it's it, it is what it is it's the lockout i had weird accusations about the lockout somebody tried to tell me that they don't believe it's a real thing and it's somehow how is that? I don't like, know. How is that possible? <laughs> Cons- it's a conspiracy and that MLB, like they're not really locking out, but they're just saying they're locking out. People are insane, Jesse. Uh, I think people just uh, want to come up with something more interesting than the reality of the situation. Right. Which is, yeah. Once again, here we are the major league baseball players association and owners at, at odds and not being able to, come to an agreement on terms so that we can play and watch baseball. There really hasn't been much news, at least so far about, you know, the two sides coming to an agreement. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not like this is a lockout situation. It's very fluid and things are happening and proposals are being made. At least as far as we're aware, it doesn't appear that a whole lot has changed, uh, you know, over the last 72 hours or so since the lockout happened. So, yeah, like we said, you know, last week on some of our shows, we might be here for a while, Derek. And, um, you know, it's as a baseball fan, it's unfortunate. There's not nearly as much to talk about uh, in terms of baseball news and transactions. But one thing that can still happen is minor league transactions. And I know we're going to get into some of that, some of those details a little bit later in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, you know what? Today, Jesse is is our favorite day so we're we're holding off we're holding off on all of that stuff we're holding off on minor league transactions just like they're they're holding off on us we're holding off on those uh because of course today is the first day of the week and you guys know what that means it's time for another mailbag monday always something interesting in my mailbox I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. Always something interesting in my Unfunch- mailbox. Unfortunately for your topic, Jesse, there are no there are no questions, there's no mail about minor league transactions for the time being. But again, we have <laughs> we have plenty of time. We have all the time in the world to get to we all do. of that. Unfortunately. Do, yes. uh, but you know, here's the thing is that. Uh, before we get on to our first question, I just want to say baseball is mo- – I, I, I just can't help but wonder if they really tried 
to get this deal done before we got to the lockout. Uh, I, I just wonder if, you know, because we did, we did have this information, right? We had these reports, we had things from Bob Nightingale and others that were saying, you know, that the, they were trying to get a deal done before the, the labor agreement expired. Uh, you know, at least the Diamondbacks were able to make some transactions. Mark Melanson is going to be a huge pickup for this team. I think I finally said his name there right that time. You did. You uh, did. Even though I said it wrong like 12 times on the episode where we discussed uh, him being acquired. <laughs> I, I I do think that with this being this time of the year, I, I, I do wonder how hard they're going to try to get this deal done before we get into January, right? I mean, everybody wants to be home with their families. It's the holiday season. Nobody, nobody in baseball ever wants to work during this time of the year. Jesse and I am very doubtful that they're going to work mm. tremendously hard on getting a new deal. I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope my completely inaccurate speculation that's based on nothing uh, other than human nature is is wrong. I just have this feeling that there isn't going to be anything miraculously done before the new year. January 28th, Derek. Circle it on your day. calendar. Your don't, make, don't make plans. It's going to be yeah. a big day for baseball. It's going to be a big day, day. Be a big day for end. this podcast. Jesse's never going to shut his mouth if he's right about that. Good Lord. No, I won't. I won't. And if, it, and oh, if it's Valentine's Day, so you won't either, probably. Oh, yeah. No, come on. No. If, you know, you already know I won't shut up about the parlays I hit, Jesse. You think yeah, I'm you won't shut up about, about stuff even when you're wrong. So if you're right, then true. I will argue with you about the pronunciation of some of these names. I just can't help myself and help but wonder uh, based on, you know, letters and words and stuff, if they're right or not. But let's get to the questions, Jesse. Do I play the song again? I don't know. I feel like playing the song again. It's excessive, but I mean, it's the off season and we're locked out. So I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. All right, let's get to the mailbag this time. Uh, of course, we got uh, one of our questions, and I just want to give a shout out because I know we don't get a, a tremendous variety of questions from a whole bunch of different people, but I, I want to thank those of you that participate in our mailbag Monday almost every week because we, we see you and we appreciate you. And uh, I think Brett Lee Johnson is one of those guys for us. So shout out to Brett Lee Johnson at Brett. Yes. Uh, uh, it's a Brett J- underscore Johnson 44. Uh, and he asks, do you think Zach Gallon and Madison Bumgarner will see noticeable improvements in their game now that they have a top tier pitching coach in Brent Strom? What other pitchers slash players do you see having a breakout year under the new coaching staff? And I love this question because it's totally my train of thought right now. I feel like with this team, this is the positivity that, that I am exuding right now about this team. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily just again what you know what these guys as coaches are going to do for the minor league prospects that are becoming major leaguers uh, this season and next season. I am getting more excited about the fact that there are guys that have been you know kind of passed around a bit. Like Madison Bumgarner, I, I imagine, is a hard case to win over as a coach. Because yeah. in, in some cases, he has more experience than some of the coaches that he 
is you know than some of the pitching coaches that are over him and and at least like major league like like experience as a pitcher that's what i mean yeah yeah not necessarily life or coaching experience or whatever but you know with his experience i imagine that it's hard to kind of win him over in that way and i really think that someone like brent strom is the perfect guy to win over someone like mad bun right it's it's one of the few names in baseball that I imagine man bad bum truly respects and would listen to as far as mm. I don't know anything right like I, I mean we talked about bum Gardner's kind of words that he chose to use when it came to the 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 information he was being given and when he improved he kind of credited that the uh that their approach had gotten simpler right which yeah. I think in, in, in at least I interpret that as like an analytics thing and just the coaching got simpler for him as far as his game plan and what they were allowing him to do and be, you know, be ready for and, and just probably letting him do his own personal, you know, game plan instead of trying to force another game plan upon him, I imagine. Um, but Brent Strom seems like the kind of guy that actually could tell someone like Bumgarner, you know, the, the, like things that would help his game and have him actually listen, take that into consideration and, and actually adapt it into, into his game. It was always a weird situation when it came to Bumgarner because Matt Hurgis, he, he had experience with Matt Hurgis. Matt Hurgis was, um, was a, a pitching coach of some sort over in the San Francisco Giants organization um, during uh, the latter years that Madison Bumgarner spent there. So they did have some experience with each other, but yeah, I think, you know, the Diamondbacks are not one of the, you know, f- maybe forefront uh, analytics uh, run organizations out there. Um, but that is something that they heavily emphasize. They have Mike Fitzgerald working in their front office, who is um, uh, who, you know, had a similar role with the Pittsburgh Pirates, where he was the main guy who was who was talking those numbers directly at players and was really skilled at getting those players to kind of follow what he was saying. At least that was the report uh, for Pittsburgh. Um, but in Arizona, he has kind of a different, uh, he has kind of a different role, right? Where um, he's a little bit more in the front office and, and he doesn't interact with the players as much as far as we know. And so maybe there was some sort of a, a disconnect there that, that led to Bumgarner feeling the way that he did. Uh, but one, one guy I will add to that list is Corbin Martin. Um, who actually made his major league debut with the Houston Astros. He didn't make that many starts, um, but this was a couple years back uh, before he went down with Tommy John surgery. Uh, Corbin Martin made his debut with the Astros. He pitched about 10 games, something like that, uh, before going down with Tommy John surgery. And, uh, and yeah, he was not particularly successful in those, in those few games, which, of course, is a guy – you know, just entering the league, there's there's going to be some some bumps along the way. But Brent Strom was the pitching coach in Houston at that time. And so I think it'll be really interesting, Derek, to see those two reunited. And Corbin Martin hopefully is, is a big factor for the Diamondbacks moving forward in their rotation. By no means have they given up on him. Uh, but 2021 was was uh, uh, maybe a bit of a step backward uh, for Corbin Martin as, as far as the numbers are concerned. There's always kind of been a disconnect with for me why they went with Matt Hurges, and I think you might have just bridged that disconnect. I think that if Hurges was a pitching coach of some kind 
in the Giants organization and worked with Madison Bumgarner, there's a good chance Bumgarner maybe recommended him or maybe wanted to work with him. And considering yeah. that the team at the time was kind of building their starting rotation around Bumgarner, it would make all the sense in the world that they brought Herges on uh, based on a recommendation from you know Bumgarner like that, right? I, I've 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 kind of questioned sometimes the inexperience that Tori Lavolo has been surrounded with at times, and I think I didn't really question that until we got to this point. Now with the new staff uh, and the experience that they have brought on with the new staff. That seems to make more sense to me. Lavallo has always been a player coach. The one thing that he has lacked has been that experience, but he kind of had a lot of success right out of the gate, which can kind of give you a lot of confidence, but it can also kind of give you a false false sense of how successful this person is going to be as a manager. I, I, I do think that the current staff is much, uh, much better for Tori Lavallo because he is a... Uh, kind of a, a coach by committee. He listens and trusts his coaches strongly. And I think yeah. that having this experience around him is going to be the biggest improvement for this team. You could say uh, Brent Strom being around the players and the pitchers are going to be great, but I think their just impact on Lavolo is going to be huge. Um, we've questioned his... Uh, his his coaching at times. We've questioned his lineups, his decisions. There's a lot of things that Lavolo does that tends to be unconventional when it comes to mm-hmm. um, at least what most managers would do in baseball. However, like you have pointed out, he is also a, a creature of habit and he makes his game plan very clear. And then you kind of scratch your head when he doesn't deviate from his game plan that he told you he wasn't going to deviate from. Right. So, right, right. you know, it's like, it's like you said with the schedule, uh, you, you 100% believe Cattell Marte was just scheduled to have that final day of the season. Off. I, I stand and, by that. I, well, and I here's the thing. Totally true. I don't think that you're off base with that. I don't think he was purposefully, you know, not starting Marte to improve their chances of losing the game. I think you are 100% correct as to the reason why he did not start that game, which just goes to show how little outside factors and, you know, variables affect (laughs) the most most Tori Lovello thing to do, right? Like I'm going to stick to what I told my player and the schedule we've set out for him for weeks gone by, even though it's the last game of the season. It was every three weeks. It was yeah. every three weeks, even today, coach, even today, even I said every three weeks, it's every three weeks. So that's the way. It and when, and when the media asks us, I'm just going to say, I wanted to give him some rest, even though it's the last game of the season and the media is not going to understand. And, and I don't think Tori Lovello particularly cares about that. I don't know if you would consider him a breakout, having a breakout year under the new coaching staff, because I almost feel like he kind of already did, but I, I, and have very high aspirations for Tyler Gilbert under Brent Strom. I have very high aspirations for some of these guys that already did a good job uh, in the conditions that they they were in last season. And that's not to make it sound like they were in some sort of abusive relationship with the pitching coach or something like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, some of the guys that stood out during the course of the season and had good performances, even if the numbers didn't overall say that they were they had a great season, I think can can really benefit and make that next step up like Noe Ramirez, for instance. I think, 
you know, again, Gilbert is another one of those guys. We we already, I think, expect certain players on this rotation like Bumgarner and Gallon to get better, right? Even if not, even if they don't get better, we expect them to return to a form that we've already seen before. But can yeah. you imagine Gallon being better than he was? Yeah, because I mean, he didn't. He doesn't have that much margin to improve from how good he was. That's I mean, what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, like his his ceiling can only go so high. But I, I mean, we've I think we've seen him be uh, super consistent. And that, that's one thing that he could use help getting back to. And I, I think, you know, there are some things that you and I uh, who have no right to question why moves or things are being done have questioned uh, are, are right about, right? Like his changeup disappearing and some other things that we saw from this pitching staff uh, as far as pitch selection was concerned. Uh, and, you know, you hear Brent Strom already laying down his philosophies in the first media appearance he had when he was talking about, you know, guys pitching up in the zone and things like, you know, that changes that he already intends on making when looking at this staff. So I, I, I can only imagine how much better some of the guys that are really good on this team are going to be, but, you know, I think Merrill Kelly is all already kind of knocking on the door of being great. And if he can just do something to limit, you know, the number of runs he gives up. I think that's probably it's, you know, his, he, he, even when he gives up runs, Merrill Kelly is so good at, at bouncing back and, and still keeping the team in the game. But if, yeah. if he could, if he could keep from having those instances where he like gives up those three runs or four runs first, and then needs to <laughs> pitch well throughout the rest of the game to keep it, you know, to keep him in it, that would sure. be fantastic. And that's, it's not that out of the question, I think, for pitcher or for these coaches to make these players that much better. I know there are a lot of people that think I'm crazy, and I know Jesse sometimes <laughs> is definitely one of them. I just think that you, you, it, there, there were some very questionable things I've seen from the experience of this coaching staff that's no longer there, and I am very excited uh, for the future with with these new guys in place. To say I am too. I am too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you're right that you can you can look at just about any starting pitcher the Diamondbacks have right now, and you can dream big with a guy like Brent Strom as the pitching coach. And and even as we say that, I I mean that there is some you know some sense of realism here of you know I mean Brent Strom isn't going to teach Tyler Gilbert how to throw a 98 mile an hour fastball, right? Like there's there's some in, there's some inherent limitations in terms of, you know, what a, a pitching coach can bring to the table, right? Merrill Kelly's arsenal is is that of more of a back-end starter than a top-of-the-line starter, right? Sure. And, and that's yeah. and that's not a problem. Like, Merrill right. Kelly can really be very valuable in that role, as, as we've seen. So I don't know if it's as much, you know, Tyler Gilbert is going to be the next ace, but but maybe it's Tyler Gilbert can be, you know, a number four starter for, for a long time, which given, you know, what people were expecting from him coming up and the way that the diamondbacks acquired him in the first place, that, that would be huge. Like that would be enormous for this organization for something like that to happen. So, you know, Brent Strom, I, I don't want to say he's about to turn, you know, every single pitcher on the roster into an ACE or, or that he even could very realistic, but, but yeah, but, but yeah, I mean like, like you can, you can still dream big and, and I am, am hopeful that some of those things will become reality this, this next season. 
I I think that they have and will have once the season eventually gets started more talent this year than they had last year. And well, they have Mark Melanson, which is already like a world's of an upgrade over a lot of the guys pitching. Joaquin Soria and Tyler Clifford combined. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. Yeah. Um. So, I, I'm not I'm not putting my money on the Arizona Diamondbacks to win the World Series just yet. Trust me. I just think that <laughs> there there's a lot of things that coaching really can improve and i think that people are going to all of a sudden start saying these crazy things out of nowhere about players on this team next season i have a feeling you know i i I think guys like zach gallon are gonna all of a sudden get a lot of hype i think some guys might even come up out of nowhere i think if luke weaver finds a role if you know he could be one of those guys that like as a reliever is all of a sudden lights out as a reliever luke weaver is a guy that i could i could even dream big on luke weaver in the rotation with with brent strong because he he's a guy like he's got some he's got stuff man like he throws like 96 97 he still has a pretty darn good change up it's he just hasn't quite been able to put it all together so I think Luke Weaver does have a little bit of of untapped ceiling that maybe a guy like Tyler Gilbert doesn't have. Yep. Well, you can find your untapped potential by going to the DraftKings Sportsbook app using our code of PHNX and uh, getting $100 in free bets for betting $1 on any team to score and having them score. It's that simple. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook customers can get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Uh, Mine... My, I, I called it a coward's parlay. If you want to see it, I posted it on my Twitter account <laughs> at cap underscore caveman with a K. Uh, my, let me run down my parlay for you, Jesse. This was, this okay. was my parlay. I haven't seen this. I, yeah. I took the Cardinals to win uh, the spread. I took the spread at seven and a half points. I took them right. on the race to five points. I took them on the race to 10 points. I took Andy Dalton to throw under 200 and like, I think it was 49 yards, which of course, he wasn't going to throw that much. Yeah, uh, I took uh, Connor James Connor as an anytime touchdown scorer, yeah, and totally. yeah, all of that, all of that, all of that combined in one same game parlay, and everything, every single one of those, Bing, 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 hit all the way down the line. Uh, and there you go. You know, it wasn't you know? Don't get me wrong. I'm not making Espo money over here, but yeah. when I can turn <laughs> I twenty dollars, that seems like a pretty conservative parlay. Exactly. But... That's why. That's why it's called a coward's parlay, Jesse. Because you can use <laughs> the DraftKings sportsbook and go make your own coward's parlay, where you combine <laughs> multiple safe bets from the same game for a bigger payout. Sure. Is it? Is it as fun as going for a, a big? move maybe not but are you going to get paid are you going to turn your twenty dollars into a hundred dollars yes you are the more legs you add the more money you can win DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want remember download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code of PHNX bet just one dollar on any team to score and win one hundred dollars in free bets and then go make a coward's parlay of your own with those hundred dollars in free Our bets. listeners aren't as walk cowardly away. as you are Dave. I know I don't know I don't know, uh, I don't know. yeah I, I didn't know what to expect out of this team except that nobody was going to be very good passing the ball and I was pretty right about that but I also yeah. hit all of my other uh all of my other betting selections unbelievably from today's tailgate sports show so i'm very proud about that 
And of course I didn't bet on any of those. So uh, I didn't make any money, but you can, if you listen to me and then go bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 21 and over only Arizona only gambling problem. Dial 1-800 next step, new customers only eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Jesse, our next question, assuming no change to service time manipulation, I'm guessing he means through the new CBA. What uh, month do you foresee uh, Thomas, Perdomo, and Nelson potentially making their debuts in 2022, 2023? Question mark. Uh, that comes from Spencer O'Gara at Spencer underscore O'Gara. Um, and I personally foresee Perdomo starting the year on the on the roster. Yeah, I mean his his clock has already started because mm-hmm. he, he started out last year. So yeah, I think if if Perdomo comes out and is healthy and uh and you know has a good spring training. I was talking about this with some people over Twitter the other day. I I see no issue with making Perdomo your pretty much your everyday shortstop. I mean, I don't I I like Nick Ahmed. I think he provides some some needed stability there, right? Perdomo is a little bit of a wild card you know, at, at 22 years old or, or whatever he is right now. Um, but, but I mean, if Perdomo's ready, then you use him, right? Uh, Nick Ahmed is only going to be here for two Correct. more seasons and you might and be able to gonna, trade him anyway. Yeah. They're going to overpay him that whole time regardless. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think you, yeah, th- there's no reason for them to, to play Ahmed just because they feel that they have to. And based on what I saw at the end of last season with Perdomo, he was, so he may never be quite what Nick Ahmed is with the glove, but they're pretty close. Like Perdomo's been defensively ready to play a major league shortstop for probably a couple of years now. And with the bat, Derek, Nick Ahmed, if we're being honest, doesn't set the bar very high. It's not a very high very bar true. that Perdomo has to clear in order for him to be better than Nick Ahmed. So I think Perdomo ideally comes right out of the gate and hopefully gets the majority of the reps at shortstop um he has a little bit of a a little bit of a split in terms of hitting he's a switch hitter but he's uh he's a little bit better on on one side so i think that that could play into some things maybe there's a platoon that happens there but um but i would i would love to see Perdomo out of the gate the other guys you mentioned you're probably looking at the service time manipulation thing which i do think that i do think that uh, the service clock will change in some respect with the CBA. I don't think there's any way the players come out of this without having any adjustments there whatsoever. That's one of the main things on their agenda. Yep, so, I agree. So I think something will change there, but um, I mean, maybe maybe something changes and we still have this weird, crappy situation where teams are motivated to needlessly leave players in the minor leagues longer than they sure. really should. Sure. <laughs> um, like, but, like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hot take this. And I, I'm going to say, you see all three of these guys this season. I I'm going to say I you think, see all yeah. three. Don't be surprised to see Ryan Nelson as a, as a relief pitcher role, even though I, he, he's going to be developed into a starting pitcher. It, it just seems to be their MO. I don't know if that changes with the new pitching staff. I don't know if their philosophies on that, that was something that they saw. As, as especially in with how bad they were last season as an opportunity, right? To give these young guys a chance to get their feet wet in the majors in a relief pitching role. I just think on some of these guys, if you're, if you're grooming them as a starting pitcher, just screw them as a starting pitcher. This, yeah. this, you know, changing, 
changing their gears, you know, from starter to relief to starter. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure most pitchers would give you some sort of cowboy ass answer and be like, throwing the ball, just throwing the ball. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. But come on, let's be real. Right. You, you know, you, you change from being a relief to whatever. I imagine a lot of guys just want to impress. So if they get the chance to come up to a major league level, they'll take whatever they can get and they'll try to use that short amount of time to impress. I mean, we saw that yeah. with several guys last season, right? Uh, I just can't. Yeah. I don't know how you can deny Alec Thomas any longer. No. I don't Alec know. Thomas is he's ready as soon as, I mean, maybe they'll do the silly service time manipulation thing if that still exists, but he's ready to go. I mean, he doesn't have anything left to prove in triple a after what he did last year. Ryan Nelson might have a little bit more to prove, right? I mean, he yeah, was in... he's still in double-A, I think, was the yeah, he, level. Yeah, he finished, finished the year in double-A. And he put up some really freaking good numbers in double-A. I mean, 14 starts, a 351 ERA, uh, 104 strikeouts in 77 innings. His walk and, numbers are pretty low. And I won't... I, I, I don't... Sometimes, because it's Reno, they just skip Reno with pitchers. Because what's yeah. the goddamn point, right? Like, yeah, what's the point right. sending them to Reno to get their heads beat in? Though, sometimes it's pretty impressive when they can keep their ERA low uh, pitching for it the is. Aces, Yeah, if someone know? has an ERA, like, sub four in Reno... Yeah. It's like, oh man, we got we got to get this guy up. <laughs> we got we got a, we got a real superstar brewing over here. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's interesting is that um, yeah, I was talking to Jack Summers uh, about this at one point. Our friend over from AZ Snake Pit, and um, he was talking about how Amarillo, the team's new Double A site, is actually it's not Reno level, but there's a big difference between Amarillo and Jackson, which is where the Double A team was prior. Yeah, Jackson, Mississippi, and, right? Yeah, Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, at a lower elevation. Amarillo actually is, I think it might be at a thousand feet or something. It's not that high, but um, but apparently Amarillo has played as a hitter's park. So even a 351 ERA in Amarillo, you know, that's what Ryan Nelson has done this past season. That That's impressive in its own right, too. Have you seen Amarillo? Have you seen video of the park? Or the team, I, you know, I've anything. never been to the park, but I have driven through the city of Amarillo. Okay, and it was well, uh, it was uh, an interesting. Like, why does this place? I don't know if there are any. Maybe we have a Texan listener who's who's going to be offended by this. But I was, I was not without a doubt. <laughs> I was not uh, very enthralled by what I saw in Amarillo. I mean, I get you. I Cleveland completely lived up to the expectations that I had for Cleveland. It was like it, it was it was a comic book esque. How much Cleveland was this disgusting looking city with smoke stacks spewing smoke into the air. And like, <laughs> I was like, do not stop the car. Just keep driving. But um, I will say that the Amarillo uh, sod poodles are a top notch organization. Everything are, I've yeah, seen. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely looks like a super high quality minor league team. And I don't know, man, like I, I got no conversation with William Bohr and some other folks about this during the Arizona Fall League, but William it Bohr really is the guy who who makes the top 30 list, right? He is. He, yeah, he yeah. he is uh, assigned to the D-backs and the Cardinals for doing their top 30 prospects list. Uh, pal of ours, we're going to actually have him on the show to chat about his uh, yes. putting that list together, which is something that could definitely uh, we could we could use to talk about during this time. Uh, like Jesse said, minor league transactions are still going on. So there's still this minor league system working right now and, and things happening for those guys, at least. Uh, and progression on that entire housing thing is moving forward, regardless of what's happening with the CBA. So that's nice to see as yeah. well. Um, mm -hmm. But 
uh, I will say that, uh, you know, it, it really does vary sometimes from minor league organization to minor league organization. That's why some of these minor league teams get booted out of, you know, out of certain organizations. Uh, sometimes it's other stuff. Sometimes it's geographical. Sometimes other things make sense. They made a deal with another team or whatever, but there's a lot of really interesting uh, things that go on with that. And I know that those minor league teams are really, you know, uh, they they are kind of in charge of keeping those teams, uh, you know, keeping fans interested, keeping those teams like, uh, uh, you know, up to a certain code for, for baseball. And, and I mean, it's really easy in some parts of the country for there not to be a high interest and for the team not to really put that much effort into the product they're putting out on the field or the jerseys or just anything. And, and I, like, with that being said, Amarillo, from what I've, the video I've seen and some of the, like, they have a, they have a mascot, they have an armadillo or a sod poodle, not, excuse me, not an armadillo. A uh, sod poodle. In a, the sod in a, poodles have an armadillo. Have an, have an armadillo. <laughs> well, I saw, like, honestly, on one of the pictures, I did see an armadillo, and I think that they have that too separate. But I mean, it the ca- sod like poodle Amarillo, is also the Amarillo yeah. armadillo. It kind of yeah, makes sense. I, I could see it. The, yeah. the sod poodle definitely is a very strange looking character, though. And, We're gonna. Uh, we are absolutely gonna spend some time next season at Amarillo. At- oh, without doubt. Hillsboro, without you know, doubt, we gotta go I mean, visit I've, these places. I've been to some of these places, but there's a lot of good stuff out there in terms of Diamondbacks minor league baseball. Oh yeah, I I love it. Um, all right, and and you know, of course, there's a lot of good stuff for you guys to go on to gophnx.com, become a member. Uh, annual members will get that free T-shirt over at the phnxlocker.com. Uh, and you'll save yourself some dough on that annual membership. Month-to-month member, you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. Uh, get yourself the annual membership. Give the T-shirt away as a gift. Keep the subscription for yourself. You, you made everybody's holiday happy, and you walk away a winner because you are a member of our family. You'll continue to get discounts, and you'll also get to join our members-only Discord. Uh, and it's a good time over here. We're having fun. It's the holiday season. Shout out to our man that made this all possible, or or at least one of the guys that made this all possible, Saul Bookman, uh, our guy, our GM, he actually is taking some time off uh, to go get married. And we want to wish him the absolute best on his nuptials and uh, ceremony and all of that. I know uh, how nerve wracking all that can be, especially because they're doing it away from here in Phoenix. But uh, again, uh, we appreciate you, Saul, and we thank you so much for everything you've done for us and we wish you the absolute best. Uh, and, you know, to honor Saul, go sign up to become a member over at gophnx.com. There you go. That way, when send he comes a, back. Send him a wedding gift. Yeah, send him a wedding gift, an annual membership for yourself. And then when he comes back, you'll <laughs> see all these new memberships and he'll be pleased as punch. Um, Jesse, our last question comes from our friend Mike K uh, at Mike L Mike LKAZ. Uh, and he just wants to know, are the D-backs already tanking? Are they already tanking, Jesse? <laughs> Are they already I mean, tanking? We have used the tank season graphic multiple times. In the Don't make me use it weeks, again. So. <laughs> I know this is an audio podcast, Jesse, but here I'm putting it up. They can't see it, but oh it's up gosh. on the screen right now. Uh, no, I don't think, but I, I don't think they're tanking, but I don't think you're going to see any kind of crazy moves. Uh, as, a, as a matter of fact, Jesse and I will both attest that the Mark Melanson signing was a bit surprising, a bit above was, the talent level that we thought they were going to be acquiring during this free agency signing period. Yeah. To, to anyone who asks, um, you know, is this team tanking? I understand the, the question for sure, 
But what I would say is, have you heard the tone in Mike Hazen's voice lately? No, you the have man, not heard it. I guarantee the, you. The man heard it. is the man is pissed <laughs> at what happened to say this the least. last season. To yeah. say the least, he is not happy with what happened this past season. And I, I mean, obviously, you know, of course, he can't be right. He's he's the general manager uh, of a team that just lost 110 games. Mm. But you, but I, there's dis- a, I disagree with that, Jesse. Because let's be honest, Mike Hazen is dealing with some very personal issues with his wife. And it's That's very fair. easy. It's very easy not to care about something as trivial as fucking baseball. Let's be honest. That's very fair. I will say yeah. that at times when I, I, I don't ever want to hear anybody say Mike Hazen's heart isn't in this because, like you said, he is still so passionate. He is so angry. He's so committed to making this team a winner. And he has so many other things right now going on in life that are so much more important than this. Right. Yeah. And it's something to keep in perspective during this holiday season because we're all going to be around family. And sometimes it's going to be family that drives us fucking insane. And it's okay because <laughs> at times we just got to remind ourselves how special all of this is, how fleeting all of this is. Tomorrow is not promised for any of us. And yeah, again, it's easy, especially when you have those kind of reminders and those kind of things going on in your life for all of this other stuff to seem unimportant. Right. Hazen mm-hmm. has found a way, you know, he took some time off. He had some other people step in for him, which was a completely understandable move and the right move. And, you know, now to see him back to baseball, you know, activity and trying to do everything he could before the, this, what we all knew was coming, this work stoppage was coming, right? Yeah. He is still dedicated to making this team a winner it's the reason i would never put this i would never put anything more on his plate but it's the reason why i say i would let him general manage my life right i i believe in this man not only as a person that makes like decisions morally but he makes decisions you know for the benefit of the team and for the benefit of pretty much everybody involved right and i mean he is just an incredible general manager and i don't think that any of this uh, is actual tanking. You know, I think when you look yeah, at the Diamondbacks yeah. lack of spending, I think it was being realistic. You know, I think it's, I, I can't. And that's I, out of his hands know, too. I it mean, really is. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like Lavolo, right? People think that like all of these personnel moves and everything are Lavolo. It's like so much of that. If you really knew so much of that is really out of his hands. He doesn't, he, he maybe he'll get, you know, asked what his thoughts are on calling someone up or whatever, but that's still not his call. And that's not his decision. I I think, I think they probably do give, I mean, I mean, it it is like Tori Lovello is the one who is going to be affected by the coaches around him. Correct. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not like much of a reason for the upper management to be like, Oh, we want you to, you know, we, we're going to hire this guy, whether you like him or not. Right. Like, I think this was something that Tori Lovello had a, had a say in, but, but you're oh, right. The like, coaches, the coaches totally, I'm just talking about the personnel moves. I'm talking about like roster moves. Sometimes when they call guys up and stuff, uh, that's not, that totally, Lovello totally. has no say in that sometimes. Yeah, when they do, yeah. like, Don't get me wrong. Yes. A lot of times they do talk to him and I'm sure he it gives his input. And I'm yeah, sure he, he has, a, input, yeah. I'm sure he has a lot of, a lot of influence on what they do, you know, but it's still at the end of the day, it's not officially his decision to make those calls. Right. Uh, I, I will say that I don't think this team is going to tank and I don't, I, I think this, you don't, you this, don't this, sign Mark Melanson. If you're, 
on tanking, right? Exactly. I think that's your answer right there. I don't think you're going to see them. May I think this could potentially be the biggest move that they make. And I hate how negative people were about this. It kind of, it gave me an upset tummy, Jesse. I don't like having an upset <laughs> tummy, but you know, like I was like, yeah, why are you Mark, guys like this already? Like already the Marshall Anson troll tweets that were yes, like, the uh, trade. Why, do you, that, why that, do you need a closer? We're already and... talking about trading him, and we haven't even played a single <laughs> game of 2022 yet. Let's at least take the field first before we give up all hope. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I again, I think that there's still a wait and see approach. I think the Diamondbacks still believe in the talent they have, and I don't think that there's any excuses after this point with the coaching that they brought in. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they've nope. now given them every resource. It's kind of like if someone was complaining about, well, I would do all of this stuff if I had like a proper lighting set up and a camera and a computer for me to edit it on. And like maybe a green screen and like a small studio where I could do all of this stuff from. And someone just went here here's all of those it's, things it's like your it's like your buddy who just handed you like an expensive macbook yes Pro, right? exactly <laughs> so it's our buddy Megaran from mailbag monday like it was a paid forward situation right but like yeah now there's yeah. no excuses right here you have the equipment that you need so now you know do go be successful right i feel like with the coaches that they brought in there really is no more excuses for this team not to be successful if if the players don't turn it around between Joe Mather, you know, at, at the plate and Brett Strom on, on, on the pitching mound, I, it, by the way, neither of those guys are going to actually be on the plate or on the pitching mound unless they're like, you know, talking to a guy, but that, you guys got that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, like there's, if, if, you know, we're talking about Christian Walker still hitting six home runs next season and batting yeah. around two thirty, then, you know, I'm not saying it's time to completely give up on him, but maybe that's not somebody that's going to be able to be molded into, you know, a, a better than average baseball player. Right? You know, so. you know what's weird? You talking you, your your comment just now about Joe Mather at the plate and Brent Strom on the pitching mound made me think: Why is it that there are pitching mound visits, but there's no like home plate, plate visit? visit? Yeah, yeah, like, like we're, we're like, why can't Joe Mather like come out of the dugout and take like a couple minutes to just yeah. talk things over? Wait, you know what I imagine? That. I imagine like the home run derby when they come out with Gatorade and a towel and like yeah. start dabbing the guy who's hitting at the plate's head. Usually it's one of his teammates or his buddies from another team, right? Yeah, like I want that. Like I want the pitch or the batting coach to come out. I want the hitting coach to give some words of encouragement, you know, maybe wipe his brow a little bit. Give me all of that. Yeah. Um, they want well, baseball games to go faster. So that's that's probably uh, me and Jesse are slowing it down. <laughs> Just like this podcast, even though we have nothing to talk about, we're still giving you 45 minutes every day. Uh, but we thank you guys <laughs> for checking us out. Remember, go sign up on PHNX, go phnx.com, become a member over there. Use our code of PHNX over at DraftKings Sportsbook app um, and follow us all on social media. You can get uh, me at cap underscore caveman on Twitter. You can get Jesse at Jesse and Friedman. You can get our show at PHNX underscore D backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. And that is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there. Leave us a five star review and then 
jump over to YouTube, subscribe to us over there and sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any of the content like me on the tailgate show today, giving you all of the good betting advice that I myself did not take over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, but Jesse, it's always a pleasure talking baseball with you, even when there's no baseball to actually talk about. We're going to, um, we're going to give the people five days a week. It's going to be substantive. Occasionally we, we might, we might do like a silly snake draft here and there. I guess you could argue how much substance is on those episodes, but we're, we're going to, we're going to keep it good, Derek. We're going to keep it good. We got it. We got you guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll be here all off season. We'll be here all lockout. We're going to be locked out, but we're going to make the best of it. Uh, and we appreciate you guys joining us for these shows. Thank you so much. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate you tuning in. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when we can actually bet on it.